Hare Krishna, dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Right here on the live studios in Hyatt, Kent, Southeast England. Just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Um, <clears throat> good for what ails you. The daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books it is the panacea for all of our problems. Hearing in the associ Srila Prabhupada's books out loud in the association of those who like to hear Srila Prabhupada's books, it is the best time of the day. When we reach this point of the day, all the problems go away. Hare Krishna, welcome aboard. Bhagavata Mihima Stotram by Srila <clears throat> Sanatana Goswami, senior disciple of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, direct, who heard two months straight from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, learned the science of devotional service. He compiled this Srimad Bhagavata Mihima Stotram to glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam, to be the absolute truth, the summum bonum of truth. And we have it. We've been given by Srila Prabhupada, we've been given it. And all we have to do is hear it and apply it into our lives and we're free. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabhu Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Paribhartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Sri Krishna Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every, your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart 
and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We'd also like to welcome our honored guests, Brother Raman Prabhu, whose flat we are sitting in, actually, by the grace of his charitable nature. And we've reached the seventh, uh, chap seventh uh, chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, working our way through, slow but steady, scheduled incarnations with specific functions. We're beginning with text 20, as Brahmaji continues to enlighten Narada about who is the real in charge. As the incarnation of Manu, the Lord became the descendant of the Manu dynasty and ruled over the miscreant kingly order, subduing them by his powerful wheel weapon. Undeterred in all circumstances, his rule was characterized by his glorious fame, which spread over the three lokas and above them to the planetary system of Satyaloka, the topmost in the universe. Purport We have already discussed the incarnations of Manu in the first canto. In one day of Brahma, there are 14 Manus, changing one after another. In that way, there are 420 Manus in a month of Brahma and 4,040 Manus in one year of Brahma. Brahma lives for 100 years according to his calculation and as such, there are 504,000 Manus in the jurisdiction of one Brahma. There are innumerable Brahmas and all of them live only during one breathing period of Maha Vishnu. So we can just imagine how the incarnations of the Supreme Lord work all over the material worlds which comprehend only one-fourth of the total energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Manvantara incarnation chastises all the miscreant rulers of different planets with as much power as that of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who punishes the miscreants with his wheel weapon. The Manvantara incarnations disseminate the transcendental glories of the Lord. Text 21 The Lord, is, the Lord, in His incarnation of Danvantari, very quickly cures the diseases of the ever-diseased living entities simply by His fame personified. And only because of Him do the demigods achieve long lives. Thus, the personality of Godhead becomes ever-glorified. He also ex ex exacted a share from the sacrifices, <clears throat> and it is he only who inaugurated the medical science or the knowledge of medicine in the universe. Text 22. 
purport. As stated in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, everything emanates from the ultimate source of the personality of Godhead. It is therefore understood in this verse that medical science or knowledge of medicine was also inaugurated by the personality of Godhead in his incarnation of Danvantari. And thus the knowledge is recorded in the Vedas. The Vedas are the source of all knowledge. And thus, knowledge in medical science is also there for the perfect cure of the diseases of a living entity. The embodied living entity is diseased by the very construction of his body. <laughs> the body is the symbol of diseases. The disease may differ from one variety to another, but disease must be there, just as there is birth and death for everyone. So by the grace of the Personality of Godhead, not only are diseases of the body and mind cured, but also the soul is relieved of the constant repetition of birth and death. The name of the Lord is also called Bhavaushadi, or the source of curing the disease of material existence. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 22. <clears throat> when the ruling administrators, who were known as the Chatriyas, turned astray from the path of the Absolute Truth, being desirous to suffer in hell, the Lord, in His incarnation as the sage Parashuram, uprooted those unwanted kings who appeared as thorns of the earth. Thus, he thrice seven times uprooted the Chatriyas with his keenly sh sharpened chopper. Purport. The Chatriyas, or the ruling administrators of any part of the universe, either on this planet or on other planets, are factually the representatives of the Almighty Personality of Godhead, and they are meant to lead the subjects towards the path of God-realization. Every state and its administrators, regardless of the nature of the administration, monarchy or democracy, oligarchy or dictatorship, or autocracy, have the prime responsibility to lead the citizens toward God-realizations. Note to Putin. This is essential for all human beings. And it is the duty of the Father, spiritual master, and ultimately the state, to take up the responsibility of leading the citizens toward this end, towards this end. The whole creation of material existence is made for this purpose, just to give a chance to the fallen souls who rebelled against the will of the Supreme Father and thus became conditioned by material nature. The force of material nature gradually leads one to a hellish condition of perpetual pains and miseries. Persons going against the prescribed rules and regulations for those in conditional life are called Brahmojita Patas, <clears throat> or those going against the path of the Absolute Truth. And they are liable to be punished. Lord Parashuram, 
an incarnation of the Personality of Godhead, appeared during such a state of worldly affairs and killed all the miscreant kings twenty-one times. Many Chatriya kings fled from India to other parts of the world at that time, and according to the authority of the Mahabharata, the kings of Egypt originally migrated from India because of Parashuram's program of chastisement. The kings or administrators are similarly chastised in all circumstances whenever they become godless and plan a godless civilization. That is the order of the Almighty. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 23 Due to his causeless mercy upon the living entities within the universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, along with his plenary extensions, appeared in the family of Maharaj Ikshwaku as the Lord of his internal potency, Sita. Under the order of his father, Maharaj Dasharat, he entered the forest and lived there for considerable years with his wife and younger brother. Ravana, who was very materially powerful, with ten heads on his shoulders, committed a great offense against him and was thus ultimately vanquished. Purport. It's interesting how his name is not mentioned and in many of these verses the characteristics and what he does is mentioned without his name being mentioned. Very interesting. Purport. Lord Rama is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his brothers, namely Bharat, Lakshman and Chaturgna, are his plenary expansions. All four brothers are Vishnu Tattva and were never ordinary human beings. There are many unscrupulous and ignorant commentators on the Ramayana who present the younger brothers of Lord Ramachandra as ordinary living entities. But here in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the most authentic scripture on the science of Godhead, it is clearly stated that his brothers were his plenary expansions. Originally, Lord Ramachandra is the incarnation of Vasudeva. Lakshman is the incarnation of Sankarsana. Bharat is the incarnation of Prajumna. And Chaturgna is the incarnation of Aniruddha, expansions of the Personality of Godhead. Lakshmi, Lakshmiji Sita is the internal potency of the Lord and is neither an ordinary woman nor the external potency incarnation of Durga. Durga is the external potency of the Lord and she is associated with Lord Shiva. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 4.7, the Lord appears when there are discrepancies in the discharge of factual religion. Lord Ramachandra also appeared under the same circumstances accompanied by his brothers and his internal potency, Shimati Sita Devi. Lord Ramachandra was ordered by his father, Maharaj Dasharat, to leave home for the forest under awkward circumstances, and the Lord, as the ideal son of his father, carried out the order 
even on the occasion of his being declared the king of Ayodhya. One of his younger brothers, Lakshmanji, Lakshmanji, desired to go with him, and so also his eternal wife, Sitaji, desired to go with him. The Lord agreed to both of them, and altogether they entered the Dantakaranya forest to live there for fourteen years. During their stay in the forest, there was some quarrel between Ramachandra and Ravana, and the latter kidnapped the Lord's wife Sita. The quarrel ended in the vanquishing of the greatly powerful Ravana, along with his kingdom and family. Could we close that window? Sita is Lakshmiji, or the goddess of fortune, but she is never to be enjoyed by any living being. She is meant for being worshipped by the living being, along with her husband, Sri Ramachandra. A materialistic man like Ravana does not understand this great truth, but on the contrary, he wants to snatch Sita Devi from the custody of Rama and thus incurs great miseries. The materialists who are after opulence and material prosperity may take lessons from the Ramayana that the policy of exploiting the nature of the Lord without acknowledging the supremacy of the Supreme Lord is the policy of Ravana. Ravana was very advanced materially, so much so that he turned his kingdom, Lanka, into pure gold or full material wealth. But because he did not recognize the supremacy of Lord Ramachandra and defied him by stealing his wife, Sita, Ravana was killed and all his opulence and power were destroyed. Lord Ramachandra is a full incarnation with six opulences in full. And he is therefore mentioned in this verse as Kaladesha, or, or master of all opulences. Text 24 The Personality of Godhead, Ramachandra, being aggrieved for his distant intimate friend, Sita, glanced over the city of the enemy Ravana with, with red-hot eyes, like those of Hara, who want to burn the kingdom of heaven. The great ocean, trembling in fear, gave him his way, because its family members, the aquatics, like the sharks, snakes, and crocodiles, were being burnt by the heat of the angry, red-hot eyes of the Lord. Purport The Personality of Godhead has every sentiment of a sentient being, like all other living beings. Because He is the chief and original living entity, the supreme source of all other living beings, he is the Nitya, or the chief eternal, amongst all other eternals. He is the chief one, and all others are the dependent many. The many eternals are supported by the one eternal, and thus both the eternals are qualitatively one. Due to such oneness, both the eternals constitutionally have a complete range of sentiments, but the difference is that the sentiments of the chief eternal are different in quantity from the sentiments 
than the dependent Eternals. When Ramachandra was angry and showed his red-hot eyes, the whole ocean became heated with that energy, so much so that the aquatics within the great ocean felt the heat, and the personified ocean trembled in fear and offered the Lord an easy path for reaching the enemy city. The impersonalist will see havoc in this red-hot sentiment of the Lord because they want to see negation in perfection. Because the Lord is absolute, the impersonalists imagine that in the absolute, the sentiment of anger, which, rem which, rep which resembles a mundane sentiment, must be conspicuous by its absence. Due to a pure, poor fund of knowledge, they do not realize that every sentiment of the absolute person is transcendental to all mundane concepts of quality and quantity. <clears throat> Had Lord Ramachandra's sentiment been of mundane origin, how could it disturb the whole ocean and its inhabitants? Can any mundane red-hot eye generate heat in the great ocean? These are factors to be distinguished <clears throat> in terms of the personal and impersonal conceptions of the Absolute Truth. As it is said in the beginning of, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Absolute Truth <clears throat> is the source of everything. So the Absolute Person cannot be devoid of the sentiments that are reflected in the temporary, mundane world. Rather, the different sentiments found in the Absolute, either in anger or in mercy, have the same qualitative influence, or in, the other, or in other words, there is no mundane difference of value, because these sentiments are all on the absolute plane. Such sentiments are definitely not absent in the absolute, as the impersonalists think, making their mundane estimation of the transcendental world. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, what a wonderful purport. Text 25. When Ravana was engaged in the battle, the tusks of the elephant which carried the king of heaven, Indra, broke into pieces, having collided with the chest of Ravana, and the scattered broken parts illuminated all directions. <clears throat> Ravana therefore felt proud of his prowess and began to loiter in the midst of the fighting soldiers, thinking himself the conqueror of all directions. But his laughter, overtaken by joy, along with his very life of air, suddenly ceased with the twanging sound of the bow of Ramachandra, the personality of Godhead. Jai Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Sri Ram. Purport However powerful a living being may be, when he is condemned by God, no one can save him. And similarly, however weak one may be, if he is protected by the Lord, no one can annihilate him. Text 26 When the world is overburdened by the fighting strength of kings who have no faith in God, the Lord, just to diminish the distress of the world, descends with his plenary portion. 
the Lord comes in His original form with beautiful black hair. And just to expand His transcendental glories, He acts extraordinarily. No one can properly estimate how great He is. Purport This verse is especially describing the appearance of Lord Krishna and His immediate expansion, Lord Baladev. Both Lord Krishna and Lord Baladev are one supreme personality of Godhead. The Lord is omnipotent and He expands Himself in innumerable forms and energies and the whole unit is known as the One, Supreme Brahman. Such extensions of the Lord are divided into two divisions, namely personal and differential. The personal expansions are called the Vishnu Tattvas and the differential expansions are called the Jiva Tattvas. And in such expansional activity, Lord Baladev is the first personal expansion of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the Vishnu Purana, excuse me, in the Vishnu Purana, as well as in the Mahabharata, both Krishna and Baladev are mentioned as having beautiful black hair, even in their advanced age. The Lord is called Anupalaksya Marga, or, another, or in still more technical terms, Avan Manasa Gochara, one who is never to be seen or realized by the limited perception of the people in general. In the Bhagavad Gita 725, the Lord, it is said by the Lord, Nahang Prakashak Sarvasya Yogamaya Samavritaha. In other words, he reserves the right of not being exposed to anyone and everyone. Only the bona fide devotees can know him by his specific symptoms, and out of many, many such symptoms, one symptom is mentioned here in this verse that the Lord is Sita Krishna Kesha, or one who is observed always with beautiful black hair. Both Lord Krishna and Lord Baladev have such hair on their heads, and thus, even in advanced age, they appeared like young boys, 16 years old. That is a particular symptom of the Personality of Godhead. In the Brahma Sangita, it is stated that although he is the oldest personality among all living entities, he always looks like a new, youthful boy. That is the characteristic of a spiritual body. The material body is symptomized by birth, death, old age, and diseases. But the spiritual body is conspicuous by the absence of those symptoms. Living entities who reside in the Vaikuntha Lokas, in eternal life and bliss, have the same type of spiritual body, without being affected by any signs of old age. It is described in the Bhagavatam, Canto 6, that the party of Vishnudutas who came to deliver Ajamil from the clutches of the party of Yamadutas appeared like youthful boys, corroborating the description in this verse. It is ascertained thus that the spiritual bodies in the Vaikuntha Lokas, either of the Lord or of the other inhabitants, 
are completely distinct from the material bodies of this world. Therefore, when the Lord descends from that world to this world, He descends in His spiritual body of Atma-maya, or internal potency, without any touch of the Bahiranga-maya, or external material energy. This allegation, the allegation that the impersonal Brahman appears in this material world by accepting a material body is quite absurd. Therefore the Lord, when He comes here, has not a material body, but a spiritual body. The impersonal Brahmajyoti is not only the glaring, is, is only the glaring effulgence of the body of the Lord, and there is no difference in quality between the body of the Lord and the impersonal ray of the Lord called Brahma Jyoti. Now, now the question is why the Lord who is omnipotent comes here to diminish the burden created upon the world by the unscrupulous kingly order. Certainly the Lord does not need to come here personally for such purposes, but He actually descends to exhibit His transcendental activities in order to encourage His pure devotees who want to enjoy life by chanting the glories of the Lord. I'll repeat this again. Certainly, the Lord does not need to come here personally for such purposes, but He actually descends to exhibit His transcendental activities in order to encourage His pure devotees who want to enjoy life by chanting the glories of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.13 and 14, it is stated that the Mahatmas, great devotees of the Lord, take pleasure in chanting of the activities of the Lord. All Vedic literatures are meant for turning one's attention towards the Lord and His transcendental activities. Thus, the activities of the Lord in His dealings with worldly people create a subject matter for discussion by His pure devotees. Text 27 There is no doubt there is no doubt about Lord Krishna's being the Supreme Lord. Otherwise, how is it possible for Him to kill a giant demon like Putana when He was just on the lap of His mother? To overturn a cart with his leg when he was only three months old. To uproot a pair of Arjuna trees so high that they, that they touched the sky when he was only crawling. All these activities are impossible for anyone other than the Lord himself. Purport One cannot manufacture a god by one's mental speculation or by numerical votes, as has, been become a as has become a practice for the less intelligent class of men. God is God eternally, and an ordinary living entity is eternally a part and parcel of God. God is one without a second, and the ordinary living entities are many without number. 
All such living entities are maintained by God Himself, and that is the verdict of the Vedic literatures. When Krishna was on the lap of his mother, the demon Putana appeared before his mother and prayed to nurture the child in her lap. Mother Yashoda agreed, and the child was transferred onto the lap of Putana, who was in the garb of a, of a respectable lady. Putana wanted to kill the child by smearing poison on the nipple of her breast. But when everything was complete, the Lord sucked her breast along with her very life air, and the demon's gigantic body, <clears throat> said to be as long as six miles, fell down. But Lord Krishna did not need to expand himself to the length of the, of the she-demon Putana, although he was quite competent to extend himself more than six miles long. In his Vamana incarnation, he posed himself as a dwarf Brahmana. But when he took possession of his land, promised by Bali Maharaj, he extended his footstep to the top of the universe, extending over thousands and millions of miles. So it was not very difficult for Krishna to perform a miracle by extending his bodily feature. But he had no desire to do it because of his deep filial love for his mother, Yashoda. If Yashoda had seen Krishna in her lap, extending six miles to cope with the she-demon Putana, then the natural maternal love of Yashoda would have been hurt. Because in that way, Yashoda would have come to know that her so-called son, Krishna, was God himself. And with the knowledge of the God of, Godhood of Krishna, Yashoda Mayi would have lost the temper of her love for Krishna as a natural mother. But as far as Lord Krishna is concerned, he is God always, either as a child on the lap of his mother or as the coverer of the universe, Vamanadev. He does not require to become God by undergoing severe penances Although some people, although some men, think of becoming God in that way. By undergoing severe austerities and penances, one cannot become one or equal with God. But one, but one can attain most of the godly qualities. A living being can attain godly qualities to a large extent, but he cannot become God, whereas Krishna... <clears throat> without undergoing any type of penance, is God always, either in the lap of his mother, or growing up, or at any stage of growth. So at the age of only three months, he killed the Shakatasura, who had remained hidden behind a cart in the house of Yashodamayi. And when he was crawling and was disturbing his mother from doing household affairs, the mother tied him to a grinding pestle, but the naughty child dragged the, dragged the pestle up to a pair of very high Arjuna trees in the yard of, in the yard of Yashodamayi, and when the people and when the pestle, sorry, was struck between the pair of trees, they fell down with a horrible sound. When Yashodamayi came to see the happenings, she thought that her child had been saved from the falling trees by the mercy of the Lord. 
without knowing that the Lord himself, crawling in her yard, had wreaked the havoc. So that is the way of reciprocation of loving affairs between the Lord and his devotee. Yashoda Mayi wanted to have the Lord as her child, and the Lord played exactly like a child in her lap. But at the same time, he played the part of the Almighty Lord whenever it was so required. The beauty of such pastimes was that the Lord fulfilled everyone's desire. In the case of felling the gigantic Arjuna trees, the Lord's mission was to deliver the two sons of Kuvera, who were condemned to become trees by the curse of Narada, as well as to play like a crawling child in the yard of Yashoda, who took transcendental pleasure in seeing such activities of the Lord in the very yard of her home. The Lord in any condition is Lord of the universe, and He can act as such in any form, gigantic or small, as He likes. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Okay, it's getting close to 8 o'clock. As, as that must, I don't know, it's a little unbelievable to me. We've been reading that long. But here we are. We'll stop our reading for tonight and we'll take up our next reading tomorrow night at text 28. Okay. Anything stuck out in your mind? Please bless us with your reflection. You have to find it? Okay. He's going to find it. From Sudevi Dasi. Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna, my dear God sister. Hare Bo, Hare Bo. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna to you too. From Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. She says, Jaguru Maharaj. Yes, it's true. The time of day when all the problems go away. Yes, thank, absolutely. Thank you for making it happen again and again and yet again. You are dragging me and many others back home. Well, well I, w I heard today that sometimes we have to learn to cordially accept praise. So I will, as cordially as I can, accept that. Thank you very much. I am attached to reading these books. As a matter of fact, reading these books have become my life and soul. It's all I've got. 75 going on 76. You know? Yeah. It's all I've got. And it will continue to be. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Radharman has something to say to us. And here we go. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you, Radharman, for being here. So, thank you for allowing me to be here in these wonderful readings. And this was 
just wanted to read the, the bit that stuck out the most to me yes, please. this evening from the end of the purport t- t- 26 yes um, in the Bhagavad Gita 913 to 14 it is stated that the Mahatmas the great devotees of the Lord take pleasure in chanting of the activities of the Lord all Vedic literatures are meant for turning one's attention towards the Lord and his transcendental activities Thus the activities of the Lord and his dealings with worldly people create a subject matter for discussion by his pure devotees. Hare Krishna. Well, there you have it. That's the essence, the conclusion. Thank you, Radha Raman, for that precise quote. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Proof of the pudding is in the eating. It's really a rare taste, actually, that we're getting, and we're, and we're doing it every night, which is very rare also. I mean, sometimes I miss a night or two, or sometimes one month when I have some kind of surgery or something. But in general, I mean, to put out 1,172 or 73, maybe more, you know, uh, videos, you have to have some kind of taste to do that. So may the taste for reading Shiva Prabhupada's books uh, be imbibed by everyone who hears this daily readings of Shiva Prabhupada's books by the mercy of Shiva Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakta Christopher. Jai Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to His Divine Grace. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Ho, Maharaj. Jai Ho. And from Rati Manjari. Mm. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. The sweetest thing of tonight. I found that Lord Krishna did not want to hurt the sentiment of Mother Yashoda's devotional service by displaying too much of his godly power. Yeah, that's very, very, very nice. But he did it anyway. But at the same time he did it, he gave her the, well, Yoga Maya gave it, but under his order, you know, Yoga Maya gave her the... uh, ability to to shirk or not shirk but to n- not take seriously the vision that krishna gave her of his godhood or when she tried to tie him up with all the ropes that she could find in the whole neighborhood and still it was two inches short it kept being two inches short no matter how many ropes she tied together so she was just, what is this, you know? But Krishna was very kind to her and gave her the spiritual vision to not see it, so that she become, so that she can keep her maternal affection for Krishna intact, without being sullied by some realization of his opulence. Hari Krishna, that's Brajdam. Goloka Vrindavan.
Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Rupa? Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for being so regular for us. It's inconceivable to me that Krishna would appear to give his pure devotees subject matter to discuss. Oh, that's a good quote. That's a good quote. No? It's inconceivable that he would appear just to be able to give us subject matter for hearing about him. Because he loves us so much, he wants us all to come back to him. But he won't force us. He won't force us. As, as Krishna said at the end of the Gita, and now have you heard this attentively with your mind? Now do what you wish to do. So, in a sense, that's complete freedom because he's, he's giving us the ability to do what we want to do no matter what. Hare Krishna. And still he takes the trouble to explain everything so, in so much detail, in such depth, and even repeat the same things over and over again but in different ways so that our understanding can come alive and uh, yeah, become more uh, real to us. Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Oliver? Yes, Bhakta Oliver. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for your steady service of daily readings. Hare Krishna. I've caught up again now, so glad to be live, listening here with Bhakta Rupa. Hare Bo, Hare Bo. We're waiting for the day you can come back again and be with us live, physically. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. Mm. The transcendental pastimes of the Supreme Lord Ki Jai. Jai Ho. It is so important to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam with devotees. I can feel that Srila Prabhupada is sending us the mercy who are hearing his books. Mm. Yesterday, two Bhagavad Gita, one Srimad Bhagavatam, distributed during lunchtime. Nice. Om Tat Sat. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. Thank you very much for keeping us all enlivened by your Sankirtan activities. <laughs> and from Subarao Rajagopal. Yes, Subhara Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for the daily reading, Maharaj. In the purport 2721, it was really reassuring when you read, quote, So by the grace of the Personality of Godhead, not only are diseases of the body and mind cured, but also the soul is relieved of the constant repetition of birth and death. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mining the gems. Srila Prabhupada's purports are full of gems. We just have to mine them and take them out and examine them and relish how beautiful they are. 
Und vom Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari, Hari Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you very much for tonight's reading. It was very nice to hear about the social dynamics between Krishna and Yashoda. Hmm. It really gets me to appreciate the supremacy of loving dealings, being superior to all forms of reverence for God's power. Hmm. There is literally no other religion in the world that really teaches this yes. or offers anyone the opportunity to experience it for themselves. Yes. Hearing about these things from Prabhupada's purports from you makes it seem real, although my appreciation and taste for it is definitely only a very, very dim semblance of the real thing because I still have so many mundane attachments. But it certainly demonstrates the power of hearing about Krishna from pure devotees. Well, what can I say except if you can speak like that, you're able to appreciate. So, congratulations, Hare Krishna. He also has a question. Huh. How can we gather the strength to kick out bad habits and destructive attachments that cover our taste for hearing about Krishna? By developing good habits. Apuryamanam, apala pratishta, samudramapa prabhajanti yadvat, tadvat kamam yam prabhajanti sarve, sashantim apnoti nakama kami. Just as, just like rivers flow always into the ocean, but the ocean remains always still. So the devotees remain full and therefore they don't chase after those material desires even though they're there. Text 270 Apuryamanamachalapratishtam samudramapa Prabhajanti yadvat tadvat tadvat kama yang prabhajanti sarve sashantim apnoti nakama kami. I got it right. A person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled but is always still, can alone achieve peace and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. So that's how you do it. You change your desire, and in that way, when the desires, the material desires come, as long as you have a material body, there will be material desires who come into your mind. You won't chase after them. That's where you get the strength. That along with practicing the regulated principle strictly, no matter how hard it is, you just stay fixed. Dridavritaha. Yesham twantigatam papam jananam punya karmanam te dvandva mohanirmukta bhajante mam dridavritaha. Those who have in, done pious activities in this life and previous lives whose sinful reactions are, are completely eradicated, serve me, Krishna says, with determination. Strong devotional service. Tivrina. 
So we get our strength from the regulator principles, from following, or, or rather, uh, uh, refraining from the four sinful, the, the root cause of all sinful life, the four regulator principles. And chanting our rounds every day without fail and trying while trying to avoid offenses. That's how you get the taste. And that's how you become strong enough to resist Maya, Maya's temptations. Hare Krishna. The regulated principles of freedom. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. She says, Jai Radha Raman Prabhuji. I too wanted to reflect that you had cited. That's definitely done by Maharaj. With all his pleasure reading the glories of the Lord every single day, saying this daily reading of service of Srila Prabhupada's books is his life and soul. Lucky we are who are hearing from Maharaj. Well, what can I say? Again, we'll try as gracious, graciously as possible to allow that to stay on the on the video. <coughs> Hare Krishna. And from Jagamohan. Yes, Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Please accept my respectful obeisances. In just the last two readings, we have heard reference to Gajendra, Narsinghadev, Ramana, Lord Ramachandra, and Lord Damodar. I have noticed myself beginning to enjoy hearing about these pastimes more and more, which is not typical in my case, as my mind usually wanders all over the place, trying to find modes of sense enjoyment. I pray to become more attached to hearing and chanting. Thank you for this reading service to His Divine Grace. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. So be it. That's why we do this, to give devotees facility to do that. Exactly what you said. Hare Krishna. Thank you for making it a reality. And a question from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Would you please explain how Sri Danvantari can cure the diseases of the world simply by his fame? Because he <coughs> brings with him <coughs> or plants or sows <coughs> all of the different creepers that are medicinal for the world. Plus, uh, he describes how to use them properly in the Ayurveda. That's what he brings into the world. Hare Krishna. And from Santarupa? Yes, Santarupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Quote, the enjoyment of chanting the glories of Krishna. Unquote. Bit by bit it becomes a reality. Yes. Thank you for taking us along by the daily readings. Hare Krishna, thank you so much, Santarupa. And from Goranga Gopal. Jai Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, glories to Srila Prabhupada. I have a request. 
I am struggling to see the thread underlying what we read so far in the second canto, from the first step in God-realization up to now. I find it difficult to remember all that has been heard so far. If it is not too inconvenient, could you please give a short synopsis of it? Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Well, Brahma is answering Narda's question. <clears throat> Narda is doubtful as to who God is because it appears to him <clears throat> that his father uh, is self-reliant, self-sufficient, and the creator of everything. But he's noticed that Lord Brahma is meditating on something doing austerity. So that means there must be some authority higher than him. So he, what he's doing is he's uh, what Lord Brahma is doing is explaining to Narada the different phases of devotional service which allow one to see more and more the opulences of the, op of the absolute truth until we come to the personality of Godhead. In, in his personal expansions. Brahmati, Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavan, Sarva Uchate. Vedanti tat tat vabhidas tat vamyad jnanam advayam. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavan, iti shabhyate. There's one spiritual substance. And it is perceived according to our ability to, to perceive in three features, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. And that's the essence of what's happening in this chapter. Hare Krishna. Is that okay? You sure? And from Subhara Rajagopal. Yes, Subhara Rajagopal. He says, beautiful Sri Sri Radha Sham Sundar in bluish attire. Yes, true. They are beautiful. The altar is quite beautiful. Our Pujari, um, Abhaydas Brahmachari, every day he takes every little piece, everything, off the altar and cleans it thoroughly and puts it back exactly where it belongs. And you can't see it, I don't think, in the picture. Can they see our new little... In, in, behind these flowers, or maybe I'll just remove this. Can they see it now? Huh? So you can see there's a new little, you know, by the grace of Braj Balaba, <coughs> who got this for us in London when he was visiting, there's a little cow and Abhai Das Brahmachari made a nice garland for the cow and he's, he's looking right at Lord Nityananda who is the supreme you know, coward boy next to Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you for noticing. Taking darshan of our altar. It's very sweet and I've been told by many, many devotees who've come in here that it's effulgent. Hare Krishna.
One more question from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. So to say that it is by his fame, is that meant in a poetic way? What do you mean? Her question previous. She said, would you please explain how Sri Danvantari can cure the diseases of the world simply by his fame? Poetic. Because of his fame, because he brought the nectar, the pot of nectar, that then was was, you know, deprived. The de demons were deprived of it and given to the demigods. Therefore, he became very famous, and by that fame, people know about the medicine of the of the earth. He comes and he becomes famous, so that we will know, you know what they do that's what this is this is about that's what this section of the of the bhagavatam is about the de that's why it said scheduled incarnations in in and their activities he spreads the the, the knowledge of medicine by becoming famous and then people out of curiosity, they find out, and then he gives them the knowledge in the Ayurveda. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. These our, our reflection times have become very special. I've heard it from many people. You know, it's it's very nice. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samavira Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as Lord Brahma continues to churn the ocean of the beautiful nectarian pastimes of Krishna's incarnations to make us more and more desirous to be with him. Hare Krishna, see you tomorrow.